Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Amen, amen. Good morning, Love Life. What year is this? What are you going to do in this year? That's it. You're going to do it later, or are you going to do it now? You know what this is all about? This is all about a daily commitment. And everybody in here that, that, that has fallen or stumbled in your walk or had areas where you went backwards instead of forwards, you know that it took one day to make a wrong decision and then you continue building on that day. You know that. And you know that that day you decided, I'm going to press in and do what's right and continue to do that, you know what happened after that fact, don't you? Why? Because that is what life's about. You can put blame, you can point fingers, you can make excuses. I mean, this is what this society's about. But when you look at this, the reality of this truth and understand it, you're in control of your life. Control it. Don't live life. I mean, don't exist in life. Live life. Don't live life. Everybody just die. All right. Let's quit right now and go to heaven. But do you understand what I'm saying? In other words, we've got to recognize our responsibility. And that is the key. I mean, you have a big Bible, and the big Bible's got a lot of stuff in here. I guarantee you the big Bible isn't going to tell you to carry your big griefs and your big offenses and your big sins and your big attitudes and walk in them with joy. Is it? No. It's going to tell you to live life the right way. And it doesn't include the word perfect. There's only one perfect. Our life is to be pressed in, pushing forward and continuing. There is no perfection. You will continue to move toward maturity. And there's no end in maturity. There's a constant work. Everybody in here understands that. But what you also have to recognize too is there's an enemy out there. And that enemy started at the very beginning when Adam and Eve were on this planet that God created for us. Adam and Eve were the beginnings, but it was for us. And what did he do? He went to work right away. And in that work, he tried to get them to compromise their belief. I'm telling you right now, listen to me. This this isn't a part of my message. This is free from the Holy Spirit right now. You're being worked on to compromise your faith. And it starts with, what comes out of your heart, out of your mouth, or out of the bunts of the heart. So we can sit there and excuse and blame and do everything that we can, but what is your heart? And that's the problem. We open the door to the enemy. We open the door to, to this, this ugly society, and we let things in that ought not to be there. We hang around the wrong voices. We listen to the wrong people. Are you guys listening to me? All right. And the reason why I'm sharing this with you is because your life is more valuable than that type of life. You deserve better than that. You know why I can say that? Because Jesus, priceless, died for you. And until you see yourself more valuable, you're going to keep trashing. The sad thing is you you trash yourself and then you trash others. You know, listen, people that are walking and maturing and growing and and they're doing the right thing, 
they don't have the tendency to attack and tear down. It's when you got an issue here. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. I mean, I know, don't, don't try to blame me. I didn't write it, all right? The point is, is recognize the responsibility you have to rise up each day and make a choice. And according to God, he said this, you have two of them. That's what he said. You got two of them. And then he says, psst, psst. choose the right one, life. Like I need to help, get help there? He says, I place before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. Isn't that something? That's awesome. His will is for we to live the right choice. But he still doesn't make us. We still got to get up every day and either recognize that this is the day that I'm going to exist in or this is the day the Lord has made. I choose to have success and live in it. Because he made it for me today. Today I got up and I had a choice. I'm either going to throw a fit that I gotta get up early on Sunday morning and, and, and communicate to a bunch of people that look like they just woke up. Some of you tell your face, you've been up for a while. Or I'm going to make a choice that I don't care less what you look like. I'm gonna do what I know is right. And that's what I'm doing. I know what it's right, because it impacted my life, it impacted my family, it impacted many people in here, and I want it to continue to multiply in impact. The blood of Jesus and what he did on the cross is a great thing, but it deserves more than us just giving him lip service. It deserves life service, amen? And that's a good one, too. You can tweet all these all you want, okay? Own them, own them, just own them. This morning I have something, I, 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 it's just for today, I just felt that as I was going on another message, the Lord took me to this one. I want you to look at Acts chapter 17, the, the message I have is upside down, right side up. Upside down, right side up. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at the, the, the Bible and, and read what the, the scriptures show us in this title. Acts 17, verse 1. Now they traveled through the cities of Amphilus, Apollonia, and came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue, and this is where they're going. They're going to church. As Paul's custom, I love that because that's exactly what the Bible says is Jesus. As Jesus' custom was, he went to church. As Paul's custom was, he went to church. As Daniel's custom is he goes to church. Are you guys hearing me? That's my custom. It's what I do. It's like I'm not going to come into 2020 and go, you know what? No Christmas this year. I'm not going to celebrate. No Christmas. We're, we're going to act like it doesn't even exist. Yeah, y'all looking at me like, that is crazy talk. Exactly. It won't happen. Why? Because it's my custom. It's our custom, and we have specific things we do during Christmas time, and it's a wonderful time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. You're waiting for it, aren't you? Not going to give it to you. As Paul's custom, he went to preach, and for three Sabbaths in a row, he opened the scripture to the people. 
explaining the prophecies about the sufferings of the Messiah and his coming back to life and proving that Jesus is the Messiah. Some who listened were persuaded and became converts, including a large number of, of godly Greek men, uh, excuse me, including, yeah, including a large number of godly Greek men and also many important women of the city. But the Jewish leaders were jealous and incited some worthless fellows from the street to form a mob and start rioting. Religion always attacks. And religion can never do it alone. They always got to pull in other people. Let's move right along. And they attacked the home of Jason, planning, planning to take Paul and Silas to the city council for punishment. Not finding them there, they dragged out Jason and some of the other believers and took them before the council instead. Paul and Silas have turned the rest of the world upside down and now they're disturbing our city, they shouted. And Jason has let them into his home. They're guilty of treason. For they claimed another king, Jesus, instead of Caesar. These are the religious people, all right? The people of the city, as well as the judges, were concerned at these reports and let them go only after they had posted bail. So they brought the charges to Paul and Silas, but Jason and his buddies were there. So they're like, going, that's not Paul and Silas, but they figured, well, let's just, you know, charge them and let them go. And that's exactly what happened. Now notice what they said in verse 6. Paul and Silas have turned the rest of the world upside down. Paul and Silas, you know what the language in the Greek is? The world. How in the world do they know? They haven't even left their neighborhood. Who's you know what I'm saying? Listen how the exaggeration goes forth in people that are haters. Come on, somebody, you're listening. You listen, a hater will always exaggerate, always. They're always, listen, the devil is a hater. He isn't going to give you the truth. He's going to amplify a lie. I said he isn't going to give you the truth. He's going to amplify a lie. Religion amplifies lies. Evil amplifies lies. How are you guys getting this? got to pay attention to this. This is very important. But they're screaming out. They're so mad. They're going to mess with us. They're turning this world upside down, and they're going to mess with us. They're messing with us. Are you guys with this? Paul and Silas, as custom, they go to church. The message is taught. The message is shared. Their connection or their picture of what's happening is lives are turning right side up. They see it as upside down. We see it as right side up. Are you guys with me? Now, now look at this. They're troublemakers. They're turning the world upside down. The, the, the Greek word is, is pretty interesting because it literally means the trouble or to upset. The trouble or to upset. When you look at this word, it means to overturn, to disturb mentally or emotionally, to put out of order, throw into disorder, to destroy the power of, overthrow, defeat, upset a system or a mechanic. That's exactly what's happening. They're coming into this world system that's filled with religion and, and, and just this, this flesh nature, this nature of me first, and it's messing with the system. And they come on the scene, and what are they talking? Listen, what, this, what is the Christianity all about? Do's and don'ts? I mean, think about it. What really is bad about it? 
Loving one another? Forgiving one another? Ooh, so terrible. Think about it. When you look at the truth of Christianity, there's nothing to attack. Oh, wait a minute. Let's talk. uh, A God who, wait, loves you unconditionally. Oh, my gosh, how terrible is that? This is freaky. Because I can tell you right now, you can lay out all kinds of religions and find out all kinds of nasties in them. I mean, terrible. But when you look at truth of Scripture, it's all good. I mean, all good. What, what caused this? We're reading about it. Religion. Religion caused the hatred, not truth. You can never get hateful with one plus one equals two. I can't stand it. That's just terrible. You can't. It's truth. We're having truth right now. And the problem is, is they didn't like it. The world is turning upside down. I lived upside down. A guy named Chris at my job helped me turn it right side up. Of course, with Jesus. I'm going to tell you right now, there was a time when I was upside down. There was a time when y'all were upside down. Someone came and helped you flip that over and get right, right side up. That's something you never forget. I'll never forget it. And I'll always talk about it. Because my life wasn't right side up. One time it came right side up is when Jesus came into it. The only time. That's what you need to understand. I'm going to give you three truths to turn an upside down world right side up. Number one, to right side the world, you must have been upside down first. Hello, we got this because we all one time were upside down, right? Every one of us, every one of us lived an upside-down world. Now, you might be going, Pastor, you don't know. I'm upside-down right now. Hey, I get you. Um, Actually, I got a cool Facebook post coming out Monday that's going to help a lot of people, too. I can't wait to put that out there. It's really cool. But that's for Monday. The the point is, is, and every Monday, by the way, if you know it, what Facebook, what post? Every Monday, I do a a teaching on something, Um, just a life lesson from the word. It's, I know I love it. Um, if you read it or not, you know, I like it. So I'm, I'm enjoying myself as I do it. <laughs> you know, you think really serious. I, I mean, that's how I roll. I, if, if I went to that page and that teaching went out and one person, you know, whatever they do, what, what do they do on Facebook? Is it a like or read it? I don't know. If one person did it, I'd go, Oh, cool. They got what I got. In other words, I'm not doing it for anything but when I know it's doing it for me, I want to share so other people can receive. That's the reason why I do what I do. So that, you know, just so you know that, just engage with me, okay? Just connect with these. Ephesians 2, verse 3. This is God's word, by the way, this translation. You were once dead because, and this is defining your upside down life, Okay. You were once dead because of your failures and your sins. You followed the ways of this present world and its spiritual ruler. This ruler who continues to work in people who refuse to obey God. 
All of us once lived amongst these people and followed the desires of our corrupt nature. We did what our corrupt nature desires and thoughts wanted us to do. So because of our nature, we deserve God's anger just like everyone else. I love how the, God's word used the word nature, nature, nature. Because again, the tendency of, of major, most Christians, by the way, they look as sins, plural, sins, plural. They relate to this information as in acts you do, which that's not how the Bible teaches, by the way. The Bible teaches nature, not acts or, or fruit you do, but nature. Nature produces the fruit. I don't go and, and point apple and go, apple, 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 it's just all about the apples. Though I love the fruit of the apple, the point is there ain't no apples unless that's an apple tree. The nature produces the fruit. Are you getting this? And, the, and, and it states it really good in there about the nature. It'll get you more focused in on the facts rather than the stuff that, you know, religion wants you to view. That's the things you do. Are you hearing me? All right. But God is rich in mercy because of his great love for us. I mean, come on. That stuff just blows me up. That's just uh, like anytime I read it, and, and I've, been in, I've been doing this for a while now, and there isn't anything in the Bible like this when I read it that I just go gloss over and I just read it. It, it stays beautiful to me. It's, it's awesome. And hopefully that's how you receive it because he has great love for you. We were dead because of our failures, but he made us alive together with Christ. It is God's kindness that saved you. God has brought us back to life together with Christ and has given us the position in heaven with him. He did this through Christ Jesus out of generosity to us in order to show his extremely rich kindness in the world to come. God saved you through faith as an act of kindness. You had nothing to do with it. Being saved is a gift from God. It's not the result of anything you've done. So no one can brag about it. It's because I stopped doing this. It's because I quit wearing this. It's because I, I stopped. And, and we just go through this whole process of making sure that I stopped, God, so you can now love me. And God's saying, I don't care if you stop or start. This ain't about that. It's about who I am. And who I am is I love you. Yeah, but you don't. He knows everything. That doesn't change his love. Now, I know we have an issue with that, but it's not based upon love. It's based upon, here, your definition of love. Hello, y'all getting this? Your definition of love, not his, not who he is. He is love. But your definition of love causes the turmoil of hearing things like this. I know I've been there. It's hard to hear this stuff, that he loves me this crazy way. Even if I'm doing wrong, he loves me. I know, that, that's, I mean, I guess the closest thing you can get to that is, is, you know, as far as a natural picture, I'm not talking about exact, but a close would be a mom, you know? You look at moms and they love, they, they love emotionally and they're connected more in that love to their children more than a father. Y'all know that, right? Statistically, that's a fact. Proof it's a fact, just in how moms are. 
I mean, you, you, you look at some of the things they do, you know, and, and you know, they're, they, they talk. I've heard moms standing up to me and saying, yeah, my baby, and talking this way. And I'm thinking, your baby's like 43. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. You guys see that, uh, that, uh, that it, in Fox News, it's like a couple days ago, three days ago, and it was a video of this guy, I think it was like 93, a, 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 a 93-year-old guy, and he's talking to the judge, and it's about his driving. And he was in trouble for the way he was driving. And so the judge is hearing why. And all the judge is doing is saying, you're an awesome dad. You know why? Because that 93-year-old was driving his son. That was like 80 Is that, that's like, I, I don't know about you, but that's cool. That is so cool. What does that say? It, is a, it doesn't matter. There, you will always see your kids that way. Right, parents? I mean, come on, give me some love, man. Y'all looking at me and go, nah, they're out, I'm gone, done. <laughs> Gee, my knee. Yeah, that's awesome. I just thought it was special. All right. God has made us what we are. He has created us in Christ Jesus to live lives, hear this, filled with good works that he has prepared for us to do. We received Jesus. He brought us into this family, and he's already prepared us for good works. Everybody say good works. Not bad works, good works. That means it's going to be beneficial to life in every way. Good works. You've been called to good works. Isn't that cool? Yeah, but I work out here and I do this. Nope, it doesn't matter. You've been called to good. What good works are you doing in there? You might be, listen, don't turn on little spiritual head Christianese to me. I, I consider good works being a person of your word. Integrity. Character. That, I consider that to be good works. Are you guys hearing me? Those are good works. They represent good things. Because out in this world, you can see a, a, a lot of disconnect from anything like that. And we need to be people that carry a higher standard. We're not perfect, but at least we're moving forward. And that's the key, right? Adjust and do what you need to do to get change. Thank you, Lord. Acts chapter 9, verse 1. I want to show you something. Jesus just loves to upset religion. People, people think, you know, why well, he's bang on religion a lot? Because Jesus did. And you might think, well, what would be the next question to that? Why would he? The answer is because religion is the one who attacked him and continued to attack him. Here's your answers. You think it just stopped once Jesus went to the cross and buried and rose again and all of a sudden, no more problems with religion. We're all good. Same enemy. Same enemy. Trying to bring bondage, legalism, works to your life. When Jesus said, I've come to set you free. I've come to set you free. You, we cannot help the world turn right side up with religion. It ain't going to happen. 
You have answers. You have information in you that can impact this world. Because it's impacted you, right? Come on. Hasn't it? Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats. Saul, Saul, the apostle Paul, but now Saul, was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. Woohoo! Eager to kill. You guys getting this? So he went to the high priest and requested letters addressed. He went to the high priest. This guy is crazy. He is so passionate about killing Christians that he even went to the hyper, he went to the place and said, listen, come on, give me some letters. Let me go kill. You need to know Scary Saul, all right? SS, Scary Saul. Y'all got that? All right, Scary Saul. He asked for requested letters addressing the synagogue in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains to kill them. My gosh. This is crazy. As he was approaching Damascus on his mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground. He heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up, go into the city, and you're going to be told what to do. That's pretty powerful. Jesus, according to scripture, what I see about God is he understands the heart. We're looking at the action of the heart. So what do we do? We look at it as, that's terrible. He's a murderer. He's, he's a, he, he wants to kill and he wants to destroy the church. Hey, no, no, no. His heart was saying, I'm doing this for God. That's why Jesus is talking to him. Why? Because he knows when Paul goes right side up, bam, bam, there's going to be an impact. There's going to be a massive, major impact. So he needs to know who he's serving. Are you guys hearing this? Saul finds out who he's serving. It wasn't Jesus. Jesus said, you're messing with me. I want you to go where I send you. So he goes to Ananias. Ananias lays his hands on him. And there's a release and a connection that transforms Saul to Paul. He turns right side up. The connection of another person is the key to Paul's transformation. Jesus didn't say, hey, I'm talking to you. That's enough. Now let's do this thing. No. The impact came from another person. Are you guys hearing me? Another person. For me, it was Chris. You can name in, you can fill in the names of the people that helped you turn your right, life right side up, right? Isn't that true? All right. So what did Ananias do? 
He upset Paul's life. He turned it around. He impacted it. Listen, Jesus loves to impact the religion and religious, but he also loves to impact those that feel unworthy. That's a powerful statement because this is what he does best. And this is probably the most destructive viewpoint in a believer's life, and that is they don't see themselves the way God sees them. And I'm going to tell you right now, when you don't, you will, and hear this, you will fill in the blank. It doesn't stay void. You will fill in the blank. That means you're going to put in the, the statement, God thanks, and then you're going to fill it in what you believe. I'd rather fill it in what he said. That's truth, right? And so I'd rather fill it in with truth. Why? Because, see, if, if I don't put truth in there, I'm going to fill in my own blanks. And it's going to be based upon how I feel, what I'm mad about, who I'm offended with, and I'll fill in those blanks. You're going to live a truth. Everybody in here, I don't care who you are, where you're at in life, you're filling in the blanks of your life right now. And those blanks that you're filling in are what you believe and what you believe and meditate on is what you act out. And that's why we have to take responsibility. Take responsibility. Understand that you need to turn this around. You do. It ain't up to God. He already did what he did. It isn't up to church. It isn't up to someone in the church. It's up to you. Press in. Come on. Press in, mighty one. Press in. You want to make this year the same as last year? Do what you're doing. Or recognize the responsibility to own this year. Take ownership of it. No, this is what I'm doing. I ain't doing it the same way. Why do you think we've been doing what we've been doing? I'm trying to help you understand that you can start getting patterns, do things that are different, and that'll help you in the transformation. The fasting Fridays, the, you know, fit for life. I mean, it's not just a, let's fill in the blanks. January, February is a little slow. I mean, come on. That's ridiculous. But what it is, is an opportunity. I'm telling this is what Christians do. This is what people that are church for a long time do. Yeah, whatever. And I guarantee you that's what's happening in a lot of people in here. Yeah, whatever. And that's it. Whatever is what your life's about. Whatever. Or you can do something about it. it listen, you'll never hear from this, whatever it's called, religious word pulpit. But anyway, you'll never hear up here anything that's demanding you or be legalistic in anything we do. I didn't sit there and throw you out if you didn't fast on Friday or if, you, or if you accidentally ate something you shouldn't have ate because you forgot it was Friday. Whoops, that's me. No, because we're not doing that. We're not going to hold you to this legalistic viewpoint of, of list what you did eat to make sure it's the right thing or the wrong thing. Because it doesn't matter. What matters is, is, are you going to do things that help you to change? Or are you just not going to do it? You're going to keep your same way you always done it. How is 20 minutes exercise going to ever hurt you? 
It can't. It's impossible. Medical science proves that it will help you. So here we are at Love Life just saying, here, I want to help you. It ain't, it, nowhere it does it say 20 minutes exercise will kill you. It's detrimental to your health. It increases the chances of, of, of stroke or heart disease. No, it doesn't. It's all good. That's what I'm saying. It's just like the Bible. It's all good. But again, we fill in the blanks. And if you read that book, I mean, read the information in that thing. Whoever wrote that thing. I'm telling you, it's good stuff. Forget the 21 days. Start it all over and just read that information. I'm telling you, it's good stuff. And you might be thinking, well, he's a little braggy, isn't it? No, because I know where it came from. It's good stuff. All right, anyway. He's just trying to sell more. I don't care about that. And it's worth way more than five bucks. <laughs> Have you seen how much time they put in that thing? I, my gosh. I, our, because we do generic copying here, it's not like... I mean, the ink, just to get three new things, the ink's almost a thousand, isn't it like a thousand dollars? I mean, it's ridiculous. Serious. I mean, it's like, ah, you got to write a check for that. You got to be kidding me. Make it blank and make them believe God, read it in the spirit. <laughs> 21 days, you open up, there's nothing there. You're not spiritual enough. <laughs> See with faith. <laughs> See with faith. All those things that be not as though they were. I think I see something. No, you don't. <laughs> There's nothing there, but I got your five bucks. Luke chapter five, verse one. One day at Jesus, as Jesus was preaching at the shore of Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge for the fishermen had left them there. They were washing their nets. Stepping onto one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, the owner, push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, hey, go out a little deeper. Let down your nets and catch some fish. It's the middle of the day, okay? Fish, fishing with nets isn't done in the daytime. It's done at the nighttime. And the reason why it's done at the nighttime is the fish don't see the net. So Peter, who is a fisherman, this is what he does for a living, go out through the night casting nets because that is the best time to do it because fish... They're not seeing everything. So they cast nets at night, you know, and pull nets, and they didn't catch anything. Jesus says, in the middle of the day, hey, guys, let's go out a little further and catch some fish. Now, y'all being a good Christian, you're going, oh, yeah, let's do that. But if you're being real like me, you're like going, man, that's a dumb statement. You don't do that in the daytime. I'm a fisherman, I know. And by the way, there ain't no fish in this lake. If there was a fish, have you ever been fishing and not catch anything? Because there ain't no fish in there. There's somewhere else. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if my line's in the water, I'm going to catch something. Unless there's no fish. That's what I just come up with. 
I don't care if you agree or not. There ain't no fish in there. If I catch something, there's fish. <laughs> I just help some of you that go out fishing and you didn't have to pay the psychological fee for that. I just helped you though. So Peter or Simon says, listen, <laughs> we worked hard all last night. Uh, we didn't catch a thing. You want to change? Let's do something different. Because I don't think you get it. You're a good preacher, by the way. But I'm a fisherman. I know you just said, let's go out, throw in the net and catch a bunch of fish. I'm trying to explain to you, there ain't no fish in this lake. But, everybody say but. That's a key to your success. Not the but. I mean, that takes 20 minutes a day. But anyway. <laughs> Come on, listen to me. If you want success, now there's the bad but. <laughs> I just got to keep going with it. There's the bad but and there's the good but. All right. The bad but is the excuse not to do the right thing. The good but is the excuse that I'm going to be obedient even though my day sucked. I'm going to be obedient even though things are going all over. They're just messed up. That's a good but, okay? Y'all got that? All right. Everybody cool? All right. I know. He said but in church. Let's move right along. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. This time, their nets were full of fish. They begin to tear. Everybody started screaming, guys, come out! the fish are here. They came back. So they're catching all this fish. Now think about it. This is a massive miracle because it's in the middle of the day. It should not have happened. Jesus is good at should not have happened. Are you hearing me? I've had some things happen in life. Should not have happened. Should not have happened is what the world says, what the, what the professionals say, what the doctors say. Should not have happened. Jesus comes on saying and say, scene and says, oh, yes, it will. Oh, yes, it will. Are you going to throw in the butt? Are you going to throw in the butt or are you going to sit here in the boat? Are, what are you going to do? You're going to throw in the butt or sit in the boat? I'm going to throw in the butt and move forward. Throw in the boat, but boop, 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 too many bees. Are you guys hearing me? Listen, this is not a little children's religious story. This is life with Jesus. You need to understand that. If you're newer to the faith or you're still not connected, I want you to get this. Nothing happens overnight in anything in life. You want to be something, you want to do something in life. It doesn't happen with one class. It doesn't happen with one choice. It happens with the process of living life. That's the problem with religion is to give you the revelation of life. So everybody gets their heart broken and their, their, their thoughts fantasized away because no one's being real with people. But I'm going to tell you right now, what I'm teaching you is real. It's about life. And if you give this journey a chance and commit to it, I guarantee you, you're going to catch fish in the middle of the day. Yeah. Guarantee it. After what happened, this is what Peter does. Look at this. This is what Peter does. After what happens, the fit. 
this is how, this is the picture. This is how I see it. Massive, breaking nets. People are just thrilled and excited. And Peter's probably like going, Peter sees the look and goes, I'm no good, I'm terrible, I'm a loser, I'm a filthy sinner, I don't deserve to be right. What just happened? A miracle, an impact, Jesus doing his thing, ministers, Peter said, yeah, you can use my boat to minister. Jesus goes, hey, thanks for the tool, now let's get blessed. Oh, you didn't see that coming, did you? That's right, when you start being a tool for the kingdom, blessings come. Blessings will come. And Peter was used for a tool. And then Jesus said, let's bless you. Takes him out, gets blessed. And what's the first thing that most people do? I don't deserve this. Did Jesus ever at one time say, Peter, because you deserve this, you're so awesome. You've been such a good follower of mine. No. No. That's not my Jesus. My Jesus is blessing the people that don't deserve the blessing. Us. That's my Jesus. And everywhere you read about him, this is how he rolls. And by the way, who am I really talking about? The Father. And that's where people have an issue. Because Jesus said, I only do. Yeah, I said that. I only do. I only say what the Father shows me and tells me. Yeah, you got to deal with that, huh? He's, just, he's not that mean God up there, that old mean God. No. He's the one that was pleased to send Jesus to die for you. Pleased. There's only one word, two words, that can define that, and it's great love. That's what he has. He took Peter out there, blew his upside down away, and said, Peter, this is how Jesus works. And I want you to get used to this because we have a difficulty in this because we just slam our knees down to the floor and say, I suck, I'm so terrible, and I don't know how you could love me, and I don't deserve it, and I'm no good. And everything you're saying, you could probably back up. But the key is this. He ain't listening to all that stuff. He's not. What is he listening to? He's listening to what he knows is truth, and that is this. Peter, your life is going to be turned right side up, and we're going to do things together. And that's what he said, follow me, and I'm going to make you a life changer. To who? To someone that was crying and proclaiming that he is a sinner and unworthy. Talk all you want, whine all you want, throw fit all you want about how you're not capable of doing anything for God or how you're not worthy of doing anything and how your life is. You do all you want like this, but I'm gonna tell you what Jesus is doing. He's saying, let's go. Get up and let's go. Get up and let's go. 
Let's do this thing. And that's what this life's about. Because when, when you present this, how can no one not want this stuff? How can, how can you? I can understand going to church and get religionized or get some religious garbage, stuff that doesn't even make sense for Monday. But how can you hear stuff like this and everything be normal? I, I just can't see it happening. So you just got to connect, engage, and receive it. And know that this stuff's in here and it's for you. And he's got a plan for your life. Jesus said to Peter, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to be fishing for people. I'm taking you past this thing and moving you into a life of a world changer. <clears throat> Is that awesome? As soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Number two, get used to upsetting people. Get used to upsetting people. And that's what you need to understand. People ain't going to like you because you love them now. People aren't going to all accept what you have just because you experienced a life-changing experience. As a matter of fact, statistically, most people are going to dislike you and disown you. The people that you thought for sure that would go with you and, and get connected with you because they loved you so much are going to disown you. They're going to drop you. Boom. You might have a few, but the point of the matter is when it comes to the most people, they ain't going to go that way. And then with that good news you have in your heart and you've experienced this life change and you're like going, how can anybody not want this? And then when you start sharing it and people are like going, nah, uh, uh, and they, they, they trash and you're good stuff. And you're like, and how could you not want this? How could you not? Like I said, People are going to get connected with this quickly. I'm not going to go over these scriptures because let me give, I'll give you Acts 10, 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And Jesus went about doing good. Everybody say doing good. He went out about doing good, healing all who are oppressed of the devil, healing all, healing all, healing all for God was with him. The life of Jesus was to do good, healing all, setting people free, delivering them. That's the life of doing good. What did we read before? That we've been given this, this work to do what? Do good. To do good. Your responsibility is do good for people, to do good. Be that person that does good. Now, doesn't mean everybody's going to like it. Doesn't mean everybody's going to accept it. Doesn't matter. Do good. You see what I'm saying? Doesn't matter. Why? Because this represents you. Who cares what they're doing? Do good. When you know you deserve that parking place, you're, you're there. It's set for you. And then you see another car. Maybe it's got, the, the, it's got a, you know, a lady with like 10 kids. And you know that. And that's your place. And the only other place was the one across the street. Get to that parking place, it's mine, and I see that, and what am I gonna do? No one knows I'm a pastor. I don't have a bumper sticker on my car. I'm not wearing a Christian tee. That baby's mine. And then I can get out and later on see the lady with her 10 kids at the farthest parking spot, keeping them out of the danger of the parking lot. And, and, or I could sit there and go, 
I just did this, by the way. That's why it's so fresh in my head. Thank God I, turn, I didn't take the parking spot. Tempted. Tempted I was. Just being real. I'm in a rush. But when I saw that, I thought, I know what that's like in a smaller portion. And just with one and then two boys at that age, you want to park next to the door at the store. But when I saw that, I thought, okay, let her have it. It felt good to know that she had that spot. It did. It felt good. So I moved around and had to park further down. But I sacrificed for Jesus. And I'm very special because of that. Look at this. This is crazy stuff. Mark chapter 11, verse 45. This is like, Jesus just raised Lazarus from the dead. A whole city's like on fire for Jesus right now. Everybody's like going, this is the most awesome thing in the world. This guy's been dead for four days. Jesus came in and said, roll the stone away. Lazarus comes popping out. Yay, what's up? I'm done. Woo, I was dead. Now I'm alive. And everybody's like going crazy. Watch this. Verse 46, Matthew 11. But some, after they saw this, they heard all this, and they were experiencing this, they ran to the religious Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the leading priests of the Pharisees called this council together. What are we going to do? They asked each other. This man certainly performs many miraculous signs. If we allow him to go on like this, everybody's going to believe him. Then the Roman army will come and destroy both our temple and our nation. They're going to take away our ability to make money off these people. That's what they're saying. You know what they're mad about? Because Jesus is changing lives. You'd think they'd be happy. You'd think someone that died too soon in life came back alive, that everybody would be... But no, they're hating. Watch this one. John 12, verse 9. And when all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him and also to see Lazarus. So Lazarus and Jesus are hanging out right now. The man Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. Then the leading priest decided to, watch this. This is like crazy. The priests decided to kill Lazarus. It's that insane. They literally are getting there. They're going, we got to kill him again. We got to kill him. He, we can't let him walk around. We got to kill. This is, do you guys understand something? This is the church with the steeple and the painted glass. This is the representatives of God. Are you guys hearing me? This is the number one religious church in their, this whole society. These are the head of the heads of that ministry. And they're going, we got to kill that guy and we got to kill Jesus. That's insane. But when can you literally live a life of religion and not be insane? Because you turn truth into a lie. 
There's no life in there. You'd think they'd enjoy it. He did good. Many miracles. But no, they don't like it, and they don't want it. Some people just don't want to have their life turned right side up. They like their misery. Sad, but it's true. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? I'm not going to water it down. I'm just going to keep speaking truth and love. And hopefully, there'll be some that want it. But some just aren't going to. Some are going to fight and continue to fight. But that's not my choice. That's theirs. Amen? The third thing, oh, how about this one? I'll just say this just off the top of my head. Jesus goes into town where these crazy demon-possessed guys that living in the center t- cemetery side in the beach area come out and literally kill and beat up and steal from everybody in the town. They don't go near this area because of these guys. Jesus comes floating in and takes care of their problem. These demon-possessed guys come up to Jesus, and Jesus is like going, hey, what's up? Jesus, what are you This is demon-possessed people. They talk like that. And Jesus likes going, no, nah, you ain't staying in them. You're going to have to leave. No, we're not going to do that. Actually, that's not how one speaks. I'm pretending to act like one that speaks that way. You might not get that, but that's okay. Because if I'm saying that's how one speaks, I just spoke like one. So I'm pretending. All right, anyway. The point is, is they get delivered. Jesus casts these demons into some pigs, and 2,000 pigs, demon-possessed, run up the side and die in the ocean. They're now free. That whole town is free. Now they can go fishing, taking little walks along the beach. Before, they couldn't do that. They would have been killed. Now they're free. You know what they do? They get together and tell Jesus to get out of here. No, we don't want you around here. Leave. See, that don't make sense, does it? No, exactly. You're going to present life. People are going to get set free. And you're going to have those that are going, get out of here. We don't want to have anything to do with you. That's crazy stuff, isn't it? The third thing, the last one, is we need to recruit others to help others. Matthew 28, 18 says this. Jesus said, I've given all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make, recruit and train disciples in all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then teach, and then teach these new disciples, teach that means intentional instruction. It's written in causative form, and that means that the action makes something happen. So it's not just saying a bunch of information. There's a purpose behind the instruction. There's a specific reason why you're doing it. He said, teach these new disciples to what? To obey the words I've given you, and be sure of this, I'm with you always to the ends of the world. He's still with us always. This same statement is for us. We need to be recruiting 
people to get other people saved. We need to recruit other people to get other people's lives turned right side up. That's our responsibility. The Bible says this, 2 Timothy 2.2. 2. For you must teach others, these saying this Paul writing to Timothy, and Timothy had his issues. Paul had to write two letters to Timothy. But Timothy being a young guy, a young believer, and serving Jesus, he had some things that like, I don't know how to deal with this stuff. And Paul had to help him out a lot. And it was his spiritual son, but he said this. You must teach others the things you and many others have heard me speak about. Teach these great truths to trustworthy people who will in turn pass them on to others. Do you see this? It's this multiplication, the discipleship process. And then they will teach others and then they will teach others and they will teach others and others. In other words, it's something we need to understand we're responsible to do. Help people turn their world right side up. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.